Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast that makes life feel lighter. And if you're wanting to live freed up and not fed up, stay connected right here. Pull up your seat. Join us in this place where faith and mental health meet. Whether you're returning or it's your first time, I hope you find this podcast as a useful resource to elevate your faith and mental health. Today, we are talking about restoring our stories. What a great episode ahead. So stay a while, all of you, for getting it started in just a moment. So, hey, welcome back to another episode of Freed Up. Today, our topic is restoring leads to restoring. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode and take part in it. I have a question for you to kick it off. If you could sit down with an autobiographer, what would your memoir say? How would you start it? What would you include and why? Or maybe even what would you leave out and why? So in 2022, three very popular autobiographies topped the bestsellers list and were written by three different women. One of those was called Finding Me by Viola Davis. Another was called Out of the Corner by actress Jennifer Grey. And most recently, the book You've Been Chosen by Sint Marshall, who's the CEO of the NBA team's Dallas Mavericks. Well, their stories include each of their journeys toward becoming the best version of themselves up to this point in their lives and how various experiences, the highs and the lows have shaped their stories, their narratives. They know that their stories are powerful and not just for honoring the path that they charted for themselves, but also to be an encouragement to others who simply just need to know that they are not alone. Somebody else has walked and is walking a similar path. And no matter how much adversity or challenges have been faced, overcoming is possible. Shame can be shifted. Restoring leads to restoring. And guess what, y'all? 2020 isn't over. And I know without a doubt that hundreds more, thousands more overcoming and triumphant stories are just waiting to be told by you, the freed up friends who are ready to restory your stories, who are ready to tell the whole story. And you know, you don't have to be famous or known throughout the world to write or share your story. As a matter of fact, the most important person who needs to know your story in its fullness and entirety of truth, the highs and lows of truth, is you. Tell your story for you. Matter of fact, tell it to you. Write your accurate autobiography for yourself and your own growth, for your applause, for your new and your next. Now, we talked in the last episode about SFDs. Anne Lamott, a nonfiction writer, activist, and public speaker, coined this term, shitty first draft, abbreviated SFD. Well, we made another way of saying it, sloppy first draft. I bet Ms. Lamott won't mind if we shift it a little bit, but the SFD is really about the incomplete, unfinished, beginning, incoherent at times, disconnected writing that can happen on the front end of a major work or novel. 
And at the root of this terminology is the belief that most amazing works of art or literature or anything of value begins in a format that doesn't look good and it doesn't start with perfection. SFD is the initial work and that's created before multiple steps of editing and revisions. And so, you know, shame stories that we've lived with for so long, they can also be referred to as our SFDs because they are mostly formed in and through much of our early life experiences. And we've rehearsed and had those reinforced over our lifetime through different experiences, particularly in relationships. Now, the good news in all of this is this. SFDs are just that. They are drafts. They are not the finished products and they can be changed at any time. And that's the point of them in the first place. What we hold on to is shame narratives that show up in our thinking and behaviors are SFDs that we can edit and revise and rewrite at any time, y'all. And better yet, all the time. So SFDs then in this sense is really the work of restoring. I like this word that Dr. Stephen Porges uses as part of his polyvagal theoretical framework for healing, trauma, and shame. Our episode title is Restoring Leads to Restoring. So when we recognize, own, and begin to craft the fullness of our life narrative, we ultimately are restoring ourselves to our authentic and divinely created beings. Okay, so right here, I'm going to intentionally bring together some clinical strategy with biblical principle and promise. But let me first define restoring or restoration. It literally means to bring back, return, recover, put back in order, to rebirth or remake. And so what are we being brought back to? What were we before? Well, we've always been God's precious creation, made in love, to be loved, and to live and move and have our very existence in the God who gives us breath every day. Okay, but as you've heard many times on Freed Up before, our perfect stories that God designed for us became ones that have more than just good chapters. There's some bad ones too, because of the broken world that we all came to inherit. And so in order to restore us back to God's original relational design with him, God sent his only son to provide the ultimate sacrifice of his perfect and sinless life to restore, yes, bring us back, recover into a right and holy relationship with him so that no matter what we face here in our daily experiences, we have a story that extends beyond what anyone else tells us or what we have come to believe because of what someone else did to us. We have the truth of what God says about us and who he has made us to be both now and in eternity. I love that. I'm just sitting here celebrating that thought. But it's our responsibility, Freed Up Friends, to tell the truth about ourselves and believe it. It is our responsibility to restory our stories. And with God's help, we can tell our whole story complete and with the restoration he has in mind unfolding as we heal along the way. I do want to share with you this one scripture that has 
you know, just kind of carried me through some of my deepest pain points, a lot of regrets, shame and growing places as I would wonder if God could make anything good out of me or from my life's failures and low points. And this particular verse has been one of my core verses that reminds me of how God can, through his grace, restore me and restory my life. It's found in Psalm 71, verses 20 and 21, and the New Living Translation version says this, You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore to me life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. You know, these were words that were penned by King David to God himself. And he spoke these words as a glimpse of his autobiography through the book of Psalms. David was this little lowly shepherd boy turned king of Judah. He started with nothing and he knew what it was like to be overlooked and to be looked down upon. You know, he wasn't even noticed or even given consideration of becoming a king by his own father and brothers. And the prophet who was sent to anoint the next king for God's people didn't even think that David was worthy of making the cut or even getting on the roster for consideration. Not his family or the pastor thought he should be in the selection process. But guess what? God thought enough of him to choose him. And he became king over this favored nation. And he grew in riches and honor and an understanding of how to lead. But he also experienced a lot of personal failures and losses as a man, a man of God, a father, a husband, and a king. And he had a lot of enemies, like real ones, because he was so powerful. He was such a powerful warrior. And he spent a significant period of time in his life on the run, just trying to escape the jealous rage and murderous attempts on his life by his royal predecessor and the person who he loved, who was once his mentor. Think about that. So David knew what it felt like to feel rejection, to be looked over, to be fearful, to feel guilty and house a lot of shame in his life. And I love this scripture because David was saying, God, despite all that I've been through, all that I've taken myself through and that I've lived through because of the mess of other people, the truth of my story is that through it all, you will restore me again to life, which is emotional health, mental strength, vibrant thinking and living. And not only that, God, but you will increase my honor. And David basically says, God, I'm restoring my life with restoration as part of my story. Can any of y'all relate to that that David's talking about? So know that just as God wanted to use David's entire story to shine his glory, he wants the same for you and me. And he doesn't want us just to rehash the hard or rehearse the story that others have formed about us, but God wants us to be willing to tell the whole story, restory our story, so he can keep getting the glory. And that includes the successes you've had in life, the resilience you demonstrate each day by getting up and starting over when you don't want to, 
It includes the times that you've had those suicidal thoughts, but you reminded yourself of the hope that lives inside of you. That includes the moments that you said no in that addiction, even when you wanted to say yes. He wants you to count the joys and not just the sorrows, the progress and not just the pain, the baby steps and not just the big leaps forward in faith. And he wants to take the shame and shift it. And that means we have to tell the full story, not just someone else's watered down version of who they think we are, or even our own rehearsed version that limits ourselves. So what are some of the stories that we might be telling ourselves that need to be restoried? Because, you know, shame creates these unhelpful thinking patterns and negative emotional programming. It can shape our brain toward these downward spirals and faulty core beliefs. And so what we give focus to gets bigger. So what are some of the stories that may have been shaped in our lives that we might tell ourselves from our past? Dr. Tracy Marks is a psychiatrist who highlights some specific negative emotional programming, which is often rooted in core shame. And so I want to overview these really briefly because they may be ones that sound familiar to you. So she talks about six types of stories that we might tell ourselves. And the first one is abandonment story. Now, we may have adopted this story because of early life experiences with caregivers or others who were maybe cold or emotionally or physically distant and critical. This could have programmed a story that people don't really care about you, or you may be overly concerned that people will leave you through a breakup, or maybe they may die on you. And the shame that lives in this story is this. I'm not worthy of someone staying in my life. Another story that we may tell ourselves because of shame is a dependent story. So this story may be part of your emotional and mental programming because you might have had an overprotective caregiver as a child and wasn't able to take risks or make your own choices or mistakes. Everything was determined and decided for you. And consequently, you adopted the story that you're not capable of managing your own life or making decisions for yourself, that you need someone else in your life to do this for you. And it's fearful to not have someone around. And so the shame that lives within this story is I'm not enough and I don't have the ability to trust myself and chart my own path apart from someone else. Then there is the disconnection story. And this story is one that is told to keep people at arm's length and a way for you to stay at the surface of life. Transparency and authenticity, uh uh-uh, that's not an option in this story. And this emotional and mental programming creates exaggerations about the differences between you and others because nobody gets you. So pushing away is easier than coming close and having intimacy. And it feels safer because the people who were supposed to care for you the most either neglected you or could not be emotionally present or consistent. Now, the shame living in this story is I'm too flawed for someone to get close to me or stay around. Very similar to the abandonment story. And then the next story is 
potentially a mistrust story. And this is a story that gets implanted by people or experiences that tell you no one is looking out for you. You got to go it alone. Neglect and trauma are big contributors to these narratives. And so you may question the loyalty of others and maybe prime yourself to focus on the negative and you reinforce this mistrust mindset and believe that nobody has your best interests at heart. If one person couldn't be trusted, nobody can. And the shame that lives within this story is this. Nobody really cares about me anyway. I have to stay on guard and protect myself. And then the last story that Dr. Marx talks about is this failure story. And the failure story is when we tell ourselves, I'm a total and complete mess. Maybe there were high standards for you growing up and you didn't feel like you could do anything right. So you pass up new opportunities, live under the radar. You might even sabotage something or not even start it. Or you might give it such low effort that it doesn't pan out. And then you can self-fulfill this story and call yourself a failure. Well, the shame underneath this story is you're an imposter. You're simply unnecessary. You're not right. And you're not good. So how do we start the restoring restoring process? I want to start with this scripture as a foundational guide. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse two. And it says this in the New Living Translation version. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is pleasing and perfect, transforming you into a new person, which is a process of restoration. You know, we have to change our thinking to transform our stories and to experience restoration. And we can do that because we have the help of the Holy Spirit freed up friends. God's presence is there. And we also have practical tools and strategies that we get from our mental health support. How long is it going to take? I don't know. Time. So don't rush it. Just commit to getting started and not stopping. You know, we may be on this path for a bit, but I promise you, you will become more freed up with every step and effort you put in. I'm nowhere near where I want to be in this shift and shame thing, y'all, but I'm a long way from where I started. And I am so proud of my progress. And you'll be able to see yours and say that you're proud too. So as we wrap up today, I want to give you a first step in all of this. This week, all I want you to do is listen to yourself talk. Most of us like that anyway, right? (laughs) But that's all. Listen to yourself talk. What are you saying to yourself about yourself? And so this is a reflective practice that's going to help you identify what your story is about. Okay, and as you do this, I want you to make notes in a journal. So write down any statements or phrases that you are saying to yourself throughout the week. Write down anything that you are thinking about because you're taking inventory. So just write it down, the statements that you make out loud or to others. 
And then after you just make a list, write them throughout the week. If you think them in the morning, jot them down. If something comes to you in the evening, jot it down. If it happens on Monday, but nothing else happens till Wednesday, on Wednesday, jot down what you're saying to yourself, either through your thoughts or out loud in statements, okay? And then I want you to begin to think about these questions. Whose voice or voices am I hearing? Where did these beliefs in my story come from? How am I keeping these voices alive? What am I doing to reinforce them? What other stories am I telling myself? How is this story causing me to continue to be hurt? And be sure you pay attention to your body during this time, because whenever we start unpacking and restoring, our feelings and emotions are going to show up in our bodily sensations. So be sure you do some deep breathing before you start this process each day and do it throughout. And this exercise is going to be so important for you to begin the process of restoring your story. And then the next episode coming up, y'all, we'll do a follow-up on it all and we'll extend on this and look at some specific statements that are cognitive distortions that come up with shame and we'll break some of those down. All right, we are out of time, y'all. That was a lot as always. I kind of stacked these episodes so you might have to listen to it more than once. But know this, you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside you as well as the rest of the Freed Up friends. And don't forget this. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.